Uh, we're going to be right back. Please enjoy the dulcet tones of Floating Goat while we get ready here for all of our amazing comedians tonight on Pandastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on MutinyRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. Starts showing up. That means the show's gonna happen. All right. Uh, hey, we have Ivy's on the show. What's up? Yes, yeah, she doesn't have to. Oh, for her friend. Oh, so cool. I'm like, stop throwing money at us. I mean, throw money at us. It's great. Uh, welcome to Mutiny Radio, everybody. If this is your first time here, yay! Welcome to our strange little clubhouse. Uh, this is an interesting and fun night for me because I'm deathly ill. Uh, so I'm going to be using this microphone over here. And uh, you guys are going to use this microphone over here. And I'm not going to shake people's hands like I usually do. I'm going to be really rude. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to get everybody sick, but I was like... <laughs> Oh, well, life of a comedian. Um, what do I regret about this year? You know, I'm not really like a regretful person because I'm usually drunk all the time, so I don't really like feel regrets because I don't remember shit. Does that happen to anybody else? No, just me? Cool. That's, that's kind of the best way to not remember. Yay! 
I wow, you wearing leather pants. I regret not being able to fit in leather pants this year. Whoa, that's a that's a big one. I'd love some leather pants. Uh, I I actually I actually don't have a lot of regrets. I'm wearing my um, I mean I don't, but my parents do. I'm wearing this. Uh, this varsity letterman's jacket from high school that I actually had in high school. It says Pam Benjamin, 92, and I graduated. I'm old, yeah, and I still haven't accomplished anything. Yay. But I wear this now to remind myself how much promise I had and how disappointed my parents are now. <laughs> you know, you see, like, varsity track, varsity cross-country, varsity cheer. I had a lot going for me when I was 17. And now... Here I am, yay, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys actual jokes too. Uh, one thing I don't regret is being a feminist because this year it really came into fruition, am I right? Ha <laughs> I've been saying this shit for years and finally everyone's on board. Like we've been subjugated since the beginning of time but now we're all on board, great, that's awesome. Uh, knock, knock, feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. It's kind of the I think it's the precept of feminism. I don't really know much about it. All I know is that a bunch of women read a bunch of books and didn't have kids in like the 60s so that I can stand on stage and talk about my butthole. <laughs> Yay, feminism! I'm 43 and I haven't had any kids, uh, but still my butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. Uh, it's like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're older. You know what's up. Come on. Everybody's like, oh, no. What I'm saying is that now we can finally talk about whatever we want. Yay. Yay. Uh, I've always said whatever I want because, like I said, I'm, I'm usually uh, drunk. And that is, I, I made a choice, you know. I made a choice not to have kids. I made a choice to be able to drink all the time, which I think is a very, very responsible choice. And now in this new era of, you know, anti-feminist rigmarole, suddenly uh, people are making choices and they're saying that I should have a baby if I get pregnant or something like that. I'm just saying if they repeal Roe v. Wade, <laughs> you don't want me having a baby. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to have a baby. You don't want me to have a baby. It's really going to be a problem because uh, I'm going to need to borrow some tools to drill some holes in my boyfriend's trunk so the baby can breathe while we're hanging out at the bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's going to sleep in there. We give it a sleeping bag and it's safe. It's locked. It can breathe. Everything's going to be fine. I don't want to have that kid anyway. If you make me have a kid, I'm going to be at some stupid parent-teacher conference, and they're going to be like, um, Ms. Benjamin, your, your child said that you love alcohol more than it. And I'm like, this is a sippy cup filled with vodka, you dumb bitch. What did you think? My child knows I call it an it. Hello? Uh, and then, you know, it turns like seven, and it's still on the leash, like trying to run into traffic. Uh, it's like, it wants to die. It's like, uh. At 12, I'm, I get, you know, I'm super excited because it starts doing ketamine, and I'm like, who's your dealer? You can come with me to Burning Man. We can get to know each other. It's going to be fun. At 15, this child is going to, you know, start doing lots of cocaine and, and, and tell me, you know, really important things like if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers, you smoke them. From the mouths of babes! How do they know these things? It's so great! And then it finally dies at 17, right? Of this crazy, like, speedball overdose, heroin, cocaine, straight in the vein. Ugh. And I'm like, 17 years! That is the latest late-term abortion I could have ever had. <laughs> it's a 17-year late-term abortion. It was your choice, America, to put it through rehab four times. Right? It's not my choice. I didn't want it. 
<laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad you like my abortion joke. I've kind of officially scared the, everybody. Ah, no! But it's it, I really I woke up the other day and I was having this really extreme period and I was like, ah! I thought I aborted the ghost of Scalia, but. <laughs> They're all still inside, like the Supreme Court is still inside my uterus and it hurts when I have my period because their robes are very voluminous and they have all these big benches and they're in there making decisions for me. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't make me have a baby. I'm a nanny, I take care of people's children for money. <laughs> so that's, uh, the whole, here's the thing, why would, you, why would you hang out with children if people aren't going to pay you money? That's, I don't understand parents, they don't. Uh, yeah, back to the, the people, and you actually have children you're here to see, and you're like, oh, we hate abortion. Uh, <laughs> uh, I could talk about my cat. Do you guys like cats? Good. Cat people? Are you dog people? No cats. You're dog people. That's okay, too. I just can't have a dog because that takes too much responsibility as well. It's like one step below child. It's like a fur baby, whereas a cat is like a fur alien that, like, yells at you and... Meow! <laughs> Do this now! What are you doing? Uh, they're so hard to have sex with because they're so demanding. I'm kidding. I I don't have sex with my cat. My cat has sex on me. That's it's not like he he like masturbates up against me and it's annoying a little bit because he starts putting his claws and it's like oh what are you doing and doing this and so I flip him over so I can see his little kitty crayon you know and this little bead of wetness comes out to the end of it and then it goes and falls on the you know what cat cum smells like? Nothing. It smells like nothing. Don't worry about it. It doesn't smell like anything. It's totally fine. And my cat is... So I know that my cat loves me because um, when I'm getting finger banged by my boyfriend, my cat doesn't just sniff his fingers. He licks them. Meaning that he really loves me. Or women really do taste like tuna. Uh, either way, these aged purple lips are a fine sashimi. It's ahi, not albacore. It's dark and purpled with age. None of that white shit albacore tuna. Come on, I'm old. I am a crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to take my cat, and I want to shave him, and I want to knit a sweater out of his fur, and I want to make him wear it. <laughs> then I want to like collect my own hair and make a leash and then walk around San Francisco. Da -da -da. I got a cat on a hair leash. This isn't weird. <laughs> It's not. You can't freak out San Francisco. What's the freakiest thing you've seen? Or you live here. You don't live here. What's the freakiest thing you've seen in San Francisco thus far? It's only three days. Have you, how much poop have you seen? A lot of poop? A lot of poop. What's with San Francisco and the poop? It's everywhere. Like, ah. I don't, uh, I don't get it. I, I mean, I live in the shittiest neighborhood of all. That's the Tenderloin. Uh, whoo. It's, uh, there's just poop. There's just poop all over the street. I used to have a joke about that, and I can't remember it because I'm all hopped up on goofballs. Yeah! Dayquil, you guys. I'm serious. This is like the best drug I've been on in years. Dayquil is like speed for people who don't take speed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm flying. I have no idea. I can't even remember my poop joke about the tenderloin. It's terrible. You, he's, Daria. Oh, right. 
with the children, with the, the physics. I still, I can't remember the setup. I'm such a dick. I'm sorry, you guys. I should be trying to pretend like it's a real show. I'm just, I'm trying. I regret not being prepared for tonight because <laughs> I can't think because of the Dayquil. Does anybody else like, does, does this do anything? Dayquil doesn't do this to do you? Drugs? Did anybody take any drugs that like, they're like, whoa. No, anybody take any crocodile yet? Heard about that shit? You eat people's faces off or something? Should be fun. I don't know. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the drugs are these days. That's what the kids all have. The 2CB12X14. I'm like, was that a fighter wing? What is that? I thought it was a part of Star Wars, but it's a new drug. Uh, okay, I'm just going to start our first because I'm all... Blah, 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 blah. I'm in space right now. Yeah! Oh, I remember what we do. We sing a song before we start the show. If you know... <laughs> If you know how to sing the song, I apologize so hard. Usually I'm all together, but you can hear it, right? You can hear how I sound like I'm a sick person. <laughs> Not just like emotionally and sick, but like actually physically ill. Uh, M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy, clubhouse. comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high, 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 high. <sighs> Gotta get a vaporizer, you know what I'm saying? M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You wanna come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Yay! Your first comedian of the night has many or few regrets, I don't know. I, he doesn't regret his darling new haircut. Everybody put your hands together for Boris Shikurko! It's a drug in Russia. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, it's just a crazy drug. And they actually interviewed, I read an article where they interviewed uh, someone who had taken the drug and their whole like body had these like wounds and flesh wounds and like they were losing limbs and they still said it was better than regular life in Russia. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of uh, regret. Some people, uh, I think I used to be one of these people that, uh, you know, say, uh, you know, I have no regrets because, you know, everything that's happened, good or bad, has made me who I am. And so why would I have regrets? But I feel like that's disingenuous because then you'd have to be happy with who you are. I don't think that's real. I mean, I, I've I've done more comedy recently, and I don't regret that. Even though someone did give me a piece of advice about comedy, they saw me uh, do this, <laughs> and they were like, "Do you want a piece of advice?" And I was like, "Sure." And they said, "Don't stop trying so hard to be funny," which is actually decent advice, right? Like, don't try so hard. It looks desperate. It's better for things to come naturally. That's usually how. Funny things happened, but apparently I had interrupted him because he said, uh, stop trying so hard to be funny. It's not for you. Just quit. <laughs> so um, it's hard to hear that when you know it's true. Um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of regrets. Um, you know, Pam, you were talking about cats. I think you, you said you had a cat or dog. You like all of them. I, I was reading that. Um, has anyone been to Israel? It's not relevant. In Jerusalem. You've been to Israel? Where have you been in Israel? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Perfect. Have you seen, you saw the cats, right? Yeah. Yeah, they just have cats roaming the streets, and it's because there used to be a lot of rats in the city. Rats everywhere. So then they brought in cats to get rid of the rats, and now there's a bunch of cats. And there used to be a lot of Palestinians. 
But then they send in the juice to get rid of the and it works the same way. So now there's a bunch of a bunch of stray Jews walking around Jerusalem. Did you like going to Israel? Yeah, did, did you go recently or Oh, that's recent. Was there like violence or anything? No. That, that's isn't that the funny thing? It w- people no no, cuz everyone goes to Israel and then people ask like like, because you see guns everywhere. Everyone's walking around with, like, soldiers. Or, not everyone. <laughs> that is a, that, <laughs> not everyone, but soldiers are walking around with guns. Here, we walk outside. We don't see, like, a, an M4 just. Um, and then there's always, Israelis always say, uh, you know, uh, there's a likelier chance you get hit by a car in New York City than you get attacked here in Israel, which I think is definitely incorrect. <laughs> there's no way that's true. That's a public, <laughs> that's, that's public relations doing their best, but I don't think they're, I don't think it's a success. I don't know, speaking of regrets, I was on, uh, I was on BART and I was sitting next to, um, I, I, I have a lot of anxiety, um, and I don't like, I don't like, this is my perfect situation because there's nothing going on behind me, right? I see everything, and this is how I like to sit when I'm on public transportation. So I go to the end of the BART car because I like seeing everything in front of me. I don't like anything I can't see. Um, but there's someone sitting in the aisle seat, and I asked him to move over, and he did. I sat down, and in the seat in front of me on the plastic in front of me was a swastika carved in, right? And so I looked to this guy, and I'm like, can you believe that? Like, that's crazy, right? Because we all, we're all safe. We all agree. That's crazy. And he was like, you want to hear some funny? And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and he was like, I did that. And I was like, No. And that's how Glen Park became my stop at that point. I guess that's where I had to get off. But it was actually, it was, a, it was a crowded car. So I was like, what's gonna happen? Nothing can happen. Not everyone's gonna be a silent bystander, which is wrong. <laughs> San Francisco, everyone will be a silent bystander. Do not, that's not good advice. But I was like, what'll happen? I just, look, I look like this. I told, he should know I'm Jewish. If he's carving swastikas, you should know this. Um, <laughs> But I told him I was Jewish, and I think he was, like, the most lenient uh, white supremacist ever because he was like, yeah, but not you. You're fine. <laughs> you know, he started rationalizing it. I was like, that's awfully liberal of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's strange, though. A lot of people are uh, – everyone's got different viewpoints. I feel like what's scary about San Francisco is that, like, it's not – like, people, if you say you're a Trump supporter, right, people will shame you or whatever. People will be like, yeah, you're wrong. And that's right. But people will do that, and then everyone who's a Trump supporter then doesn't say it. And so they're like, chances are someone in here, you got that look like, <laughs> bro. Uh, all right, fine. It's me. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's Pam. This is all a setup. No, it's not. See, we don't know. This is how things get started. But that's the thing, you never know, and everyone, everyone in the Bay Area says that they're woke. Everyone says it, but how do we really know? Like, if we even are, right? Like, I feel like I'm, am- I'm a hypocrite sometimes. Like, I'm an immigrant myself, right? Right. <laughs> I'll answer myself. You don't know. You haven't seen my birth certificate. You don't know. <laughs> my name is Boris. If you're born in America, you're probably not named Boris, unless that's a part of the plan. Keep that in mind. But... But I, I'm an immigrant, so, like, a part of the liberal doctrine or whatever is that we're, like, really fine with immigration. Like, uh, like if I asked you, like, are you fine with people coming to this country? Like, of course. Yeah. I, of course. We have freedom, opportunity. Yay. 
<laughs> come to this country. But then if you ask me, like, how do you feel about people coming to this city, San Francisco? I'm like, we don't need more people here. Uh, they can come to this country, but not the Bay Area. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, Hayes Valley's full. Um, no, it is weird because there's some hypocrisy. Like, I would say I'm woke. I feel like most people would say they're woke. You know, you have a copy of Between the World and Me at Home or something. Most people think they're woke. But especially in the Bay Area, I feel like most people are like bandwagon woke. Like when it became cool, then they said they're woke. Like the same thing happened with the Warriors. If you're a fan of the Warriors, five years ago, no one cared about the Warriors. Not even five, ten years ago, no one cared about the Warriors. Then it became cool because they started winning. Now everyone's a Warriors fan. Everyone loves Steph Curry. Everyone's got the hat. Everyone, fuck calves. Whatever people say. But I think that's like bandwagon woke. Like I think a good test of it is if you can name more brands of IPAs than unarmed black men shot by police. I feel like that's a decent test if you're bandwagon. But you know what? I will say that most people in general do know Trayvon and Michael Brown. But that is like Lagunitas and Sierra Nevada. Those are the popular ones. We all know those, you know? It's hard being political, though, especially in these times, you know? I don't know. I, I am... My name is Boris, and I am, like... I, people just assume that I'm, like, really Russian, you know? Like, like did you hack the election? <laughs> it's like... like if I did, would I live in San Francisco? Like, would this be my life if I did? Unless that was a part of the cover, which we established earlier what very well might be. Um, oh, no! I touched it, Pam. Ah, uh, no, I'm kidding. I actually, um, I don't know why I'm telling you. No, I'm not going to tell you that. Um, I was going to tell you that I have a smallpox vaccination, and I think most people in this room don't because I was born in Russia, and they actually still have that as a problem. Um, and so they vaccinate against it. Whereas in America, we've gotten rid of it. Um, but I think that's also similar to what happened with like uh, Nazis. <laughs> in Russia, we got rid of it. And then we're like, we're, it's still a problem. We still need to do something. In America, we're like, we're fine. <laughs> we're over this. Then 2017 and what's going on in Charlottesville or whatever. <laughs> but no, it's strange. I, uh, I wasn't born in this country. And the one thing I really, that means I cannot run for president. We all know that. If you're not born here, you cannot run for president. Um, but apparently, I can make any of you president. <laughs> it's weird how that works. Um, no, yeah, it is strange. Um, I do love living in San Francisco. One of the things I did not like about growing up here, I don't know if any of you can relate, but is that a lot of people started smoking weed. Like, a lot of my friends started smoking weed really young. Um, and I didn't agree with that. Because I think you should be old enough to have goals before you start abandoning them, you know? Like, Toys R Us shouldn't have to carry, like, Fisher-Price bongs, you know? Like, I think if you're the dude that brings the hookah to the birthday party, you might as well just go ahead and just drop out of community college. <laughs> like, it's just skipping some steps there. That's okay. Um, but no, uh, I will... Um, I'll leave you with this. It's kind of a weird note, but um, I've been trying to read recently. I've been trying to stay informed. It's a very important thing we all do in a democracy. Um, so I've been reading a book. Um, I've been reading a book. It's by a Nobel Prize winner in economics. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's about how to alienate an audience. Um, 
and it's called What I'm Doing Right Now. Um, that's what I'm ending on. Guys, give it up for Pam. Keep it going for Boris Shakurko. Yay, yay. I remembered the joke about poo. Okay. It goes like this. I'm a nanny, and I hang out with small children, and I walk them around the tenderloin, and I hold their hands, and we play this fun game. And we see a pile on the ground. We go, man or beast, man or beast. It's a fun game. Uh, what, I, what I learned from a four-year-old is that if it's up against a wall, it's always man. Like, they understand physics at that age. It's really impressive. I really, I love it. Your next comedian, what a funny lady. She deals with children all the time as a sex educator. Not children. Young, under 18, adults, people. Way older. Okay, good. Oh, good. And one of the things I wish I would have had a sex educator when I was an adult, because I didn't know you could get AIDS from a blowjob until I was 24 years old. <laughs> I didn't know. I was a white lady. They never told us that. They just didn't. It just didn't have anything with them. All right. I think the joke there is bougie girls don't suck dick. Your next comedian. Very funny lady, Ivy Cordova. Bougie girls do suck dick. I just, I want to correct that misconception. Is this thing on? Hey. Hey. All right. So let's see. One of the things I was thinking about regrets uh, the other night. And one of the things I regret is, well, I want to preface this with, I've slept with a lot of people. Like I'm 36. It's going to, it's bound to happen. 36, uh, grew up in Hayward, had kind of dodgy sex education. So I had to figure things out on my own, AKA watch um, everybody else in my graduating class get pregnant. And I was like, I don't want that to happen to me. Um, but yeah, I've slept with a lot of people. And one of the things that I regret is not using that to my advantage. Because all the people that I've slept with, there was inevitably some some substance involved, maybe some jack-in-the-box at the end of the night if we ended up early enough. But for the most part, uh, having sex with these people didn't result in anything like super consequential. Uh, I didn't really gain anything from it. Thankfully, <laughs> diseases and diseases and whatnot. Um, I was thinking about all the stuff that's been happening in Hollywood about how uh, every, like all the dominoes are falling. Basically, everybody is getting arrested for um, <clears throat> for all the sexual favors that they've been coercing out of other people that have been made to sleep with them for sexual favors. And I was thinking about that in terms of myself. Uh, you know, I have no desire to be an actor, but I understand that desperation of this person has something that you want and it's within your reach if you sleep with them. I'm not saying that what they did is right. I'm saying that I get it. I just don't think about it in terms of like comedy. Like I don't know who I'd fuck to get my comedy career going. Pam, what are you doing later? Um, like I think of it in terms of things like practical things uh my credit score is a huge one like does anybody has anybody here like how's everybody's credit score like people I think ask the wrong questions when they're getting with somebody they ask how many people have you slept with I would ask what the fuck's your credit score like seriously that's important to me that's important to me like I I would I'm not going to stand here in front of you guys and say that I would never that I have never considered doing sexual favors for somebody that worked at Equifax or TransUnion or what's that other one Experian ridiculous like I would be sucking all that dick if I knew that my credit score would change in a second like I would absolutely I would absolutely do that uh 
I I grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in Hayward. I still live in the Bay Area, barely making it work. Uh, I've got a pretty good job too, and it's I can actually afford to buy a house in the Bay Area, and yet I don't qualify thanks to the credit bureaus because of the fact that I purchased some ringtones with a credit card in 1999 and didn't pay for them. What the fuck is that? Not qualifying. I would absolutely have sex for, you know, if, if for, for practical reasons. Like another one is student loans. Like I would suck everyone's dick at Sally Mae, Nelnet, everybody at the USC financial aid office, just any, anything I could do to keep people off my nuts. Like I regret that that is not an option. I actually tweeted them like that. I would actually, what are you guys doing? Like right after all the news about like Harvey Weinstein came out, I was just like, what are you guys doing? Like, this is not a trap. I'm willing to make this work. I'm willing to make this happen. Um, I regret that the only person that answered me were a couple of bots and um, my friend Graham retweeted it, which was really kind of him trying to get me, uh, trying to, trying to get me to do sexual favors with people from uh, one of the three major credit bureaus. But uh, that I'm still waiting for that to happen. I'm still waiting for a response. Um, let's see here. I am getting divorced. I definitely don't regret that. Uh, I yeah, I don't I don't regret making the jump to get divorced. Uh, I know that in some countries it's illegal to get a divorce. Some divorces aren't seen or recognized as valid. So I don't regret at all that I live that I'm fortunate to live in a country where I could just say peace the fuck out to my marriage, um, because uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug especially when they don't share. And they use your work laptop to buy it off the dark net, which they learned how to do on Reddit, which I do love Reddit, but like I did not think that my life was gonna come full circle like that. So that being said, I don't regret getting a divorce. Uh, I don't regret getting a divorce. I do regret that I haven't been keeping up to date on how people have been dating. Like I'm so new to all this stuff. Like one of the things that I've been subjected to in the last few months has been dick pictures. Like really? I feel like I'm maybe the last person, I feel like maybe I'm the last person on earth that's actually ever had a dick picture sent to them uh, because I typically don't get them coming my way. I mean, I'm, I'm a 36-year-old single mother. Usually most of the things that people want to send me are uh, past due notices or parking tickets or progress reports. So if somebody wants to send me their dick, a picture of their dick for a non-medical reason, that's always kind of a pleasure. Because I, you know, as a sex educator, like Pam mentioned earlier, I actually work with, um, with professionals, like people like therapists and, uh, therapists and teachers and people that have to talk to their own client base about uh, human sexuality. So a lot of the dicks I see are dicks that have something wrong with them that you you have to you have to sort of like go through the puzzle of oh syphilis no you, you're just rubbing too hard you just need lotion you shouldn't use mayonnaise like that's the kind of sex education talk that I have but uh, yeah so I see so I see a lot of dicks and I've been seeing a lot of dick pictures um, I do regret that a lot of people aren't as thoughtful with their dick pictures as they could be because I think it's a I think it's an under it's an underrated art form and should be treated as such, especially if you're going to show your dick to somebody else and have it on camera, like on photograph for all posterity. Um, I've actually received a dick picture where they've had rough, like their hobbit ass feet in the background, which is terrible. It's just almost like Lord, like somebody from Lord of the Rings. Like if they were walking around without shoes on, that's what I see in the dick picture. Or I've seen a dick picture where you see the dick and in the background you see children's toys or extension cords on oil stain. Like where are you taking your dick out? Are you taking your dick out at a daycare? 
R. Kelly, you better put that away. Or people that are taking their dicks out in the garage. Uh, one of the more recent <laughs> strange dick pictures I got was actually, it was actually a couple weeks ago. Uh, somebody sent me a picture of their dick. <clears throat> And it was obviously taken from an office building in San Francisco, downtown, because in the background was the uh, sales. Are you guys familiar with the Salesforce Tower? The Salesforce Tower was in the background of that guy's picture of his dick, which I thought was incredibly brave because that's your dick with the biggest fucking phallic symbol in San Francisco as the backdrop which is really, really brave. Uh, the only thing is my office building, I can also see the Salesforce tower from my window, so now I've got to figure out which one of my coworkers is secretly trying to show me their dick. <laughs> uh, another thing that I semi-regret is how careless I was with Tinder. So I'm super new, again, I'm super new to Tinder. And um, something that I discovered about myself is that I actually have a type. I like kind of big guys. I like dad bods. I like lumberjack looking guys. Like I noticed that if a guy's picture was taken anywhere, like in a gym, if they were like posing like this with a mirror, I would just swipe left because uh, I get hungry after sex. Sorry. It's a truth. Um, and I can't really be with somebody who stops eating after 730 Pacific Standard Time PM because they want to meal prep for the next day. Like, fuck that. Do you feel personally attacked by this? Jonas? <laughs> That's my friend. He works out. We're not sleeping. We're not sleeping together. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have brought him. And uh, yeah, so like I was swiping past everybody that looked like they were in shape. But I do like those big guys. Like, like I like guys that look like they belong on the bounty paper tower roll. Like they've got that lumberjack swag, like the over-exaggerated like mutton shop, like douchebag beard, which is so fucking hot. Like half of my Tinder matches look like a cross between Seth Rogen and Ron Swanson. And so there was one guy that I really, I was really looking forward to this and I should have been more specific with him, but I was just too excited because in his pictures, he looked just perfect. He looked like a straight up lumberjack, like the kind of guy that would chop down a tree and fuck me on the stump with a PBR in one hand. Oh my God, I have herpes now. And a PBR in one hand <laughs> and a uh, turkey leg in the other just bapping at it and then at the end he pulls a confederate flag out of his beard throws it throws it at me and tells me to clean myself up that's 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 my fantasy uh so tell me why this guy that showed up at my house he didn't look like a lumberjack he looked like professor snape from harry potter in his third like in his uh 23rd trimester of pregnancy and i felt i had like some weird moral dilemma about it because you know i didn't want to seem like i was fat shaming but there's a huge difference between big guys and false advertising you know what i mean like i signed up for kevin james from uh, King of Queens. I did not sign up for Big Pun. But he was already in my house and it was the same guy. He's kind of, kind of cool. So, you know, I mom, Mama had to get it on. So I got on top of him, which was more entertaining than actually sexual. Um, it was like trying to climb on top of a mechanical bull if the bull was Suge Knight. Just huge. Just huge motherfucker. Just huge. Like my ass was hitting the ceiling. So I said, let's try something different. Like, let's, let's just, let's back it up. Let's go slow. Let's try oral. Let's try oral. And he said, he looked me right in my eye and he was like, I don't eat pussy. This guy was close to 300 pounds. So I told him, if you don't eat pussy, that's the only thing you don't eat. 
and then he said he had to get on top because he had back problems. Uh, you know, normally when I've pictured titties in my face, in my fantasy, they always have they always like have a scent to them. They always smell like Victoria's Secret Love Spell or Bath and Body Works, like vanilla warm sugar. I spent a lot of time in strip clubs. Fight me. Uh, that was not, that was not the case. I was so afraid to open my mouth because this guy was sweating like a motherfucker, and I didn't know if what I was gonna get by opening my mouth was either sweat or lactation. But like I said, I'm a sex educator. I want to be helpful. So right before I kicked him out my bed, I said, look, this isn't going to pan out. But from one triple D cup to another, I think we've found the source of your back problems. My name is Ivy, guys. Have a good night. Ivy Cordova. I was going to tell a sexual joke, but then I couldn't. I couldn't remember it. I just, I just. (laughs) <laughs> too much <laughs> wow Ooh. it's like well, anyways you guys know what it's like when your head's a balloon and you're like I can't hear anything and it's like but you're kind of high enough that you're like yeah this is okay so I uh, apologies all around your next comedian he's a super funny guy he's he has a great show every Sunday from 2 to 4 called let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with your next comedian uh, improv maven and very funny comedian Mike Spiegelman yay thank you Pam no touching who else is sick anyone else no I recovered so what oh Pam is sick uh oh well right, let's start my regrets early then uh, hi my name is Mike it's uh, good to be here I uh, I try not to read books. <laughs> it's embarrassing, you know, to get lost in a book. Go to your friends and they'll be like, Where, what, what took you so long? Oh, I'm sorry, I got lost in a book. I'm back. I do like the new, uh, I like the fact that the sign that says read more books, which is a graffiti thing, and it's above a stack of notebooks that comedians left. <laughs> here in the studio. You should read more books, but don't read the notebooks that are below that sign. You'll be kind of scared. I regret Twitter, honestly. After nine years on Twitter, I regret being on it. I regret uh, how politics is dictated through Twitter. It's the big turn in the punch ball. It's hard, you know, like, you write a joke on Twitter and you post it and you don't have to hear the audience respond. It's great. You can take a pun, right? A Billy Joel quote, add an extra word or whatever. <laughs> Boom. But somehow, like, it just, it's remarkable that uh, our president will say, I'm going to ban transgendered uh, soldiers in the new year. Thank you. And they don't kick them off, right? I mean, if I posted that, I would be kicked off Twitter. And I should be kicked off Twitter for that comment. But because it's political news, they keep it on. It's their reason. So... How am I supposed to write jokes? You know, it's uh, fruit va- uh, Oscar Grant got killed and then I couldn't write a joke because you go on Twitter and people are really upset. And where do you write a joke about it? You can't. You don't really fit in. So uh, I, I, I blame Twitter for our president. So I, I regret writing jokes on it. I also regret that friend or, and, or follow.com doesn't work for me anymore and I can't tell who unfollowed me. And I haven't unfollowed anybody in three weeks. I regret that. I regret that some comedian has an extra follow because I didn't realize they unfollowed me. 
If I was on top of it, I would unfollow you immediately so you have one less number on your screen. No, it's fair. It's a two-way system. It's not Facebook. You don't have to follow back. So, you know, they stop following me. I just stop following it. It's no big deal. Just one less number. But I need a new problem, uh, program. So I, I do regret that there's some people who stop following me on Twitter and I still follow them back. I regret they have one extra number on their page. They said one less follower me. Mike Spiegelman. I regret that uh, I thought pop culture was important, you know? Like uh, when I was a kid, I was on top of it. I knew every reference. And I'm not kidding anymore. And it's like I don't know the references. And I go, I really just wasted my life, right? I mean, I'm trying to catch up with movies. That's the only reason why I'm watching Tom Cruise Mummy is just to be like, oh, I, I saw that. That's a pop culture reference. I know it. <laughs> I've heard of the mummy. Uh, I don't think, uh, uh, I mean, <sighs> so much bad movies. You know, I, I do have a show here where we watch movies of, of various quality, and but it's just too much. I mean, like this is, if, if uh, Fifty Shades of Grey is a trilogy, that's just like manna from God. I just, you know, you can't say, what you think was a bad movie, Emoji Movie or uh, Boss Baby? And be like, well, there was a sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. You know, like, I don't really need to worry about a bad movie. It was just handed to me. I don't have to think about it. It's just too many crap. So I hate that. I hate that I actually follow pop culture. I hate that I'm on Twitter. I regret that. I, uh, I don't like to, uh, I have difficulty reading comic books. I don't read the thought bubbles. It's none of my business. Thank you. I know. Uh, I appreciate that. I don't, re I don't regret saying thank you to that. I go to the library, not to read, to shower. They don't, uh, they actually have posters in the bathroom of the public library saying, don't shower here. Uh, here's a list of locations which provide services uh, that, you, that you're probably looking for. And I look at that poster and I go, man, public library, can't you have at least one room where I don't have to read? It's poster this and don't pee on here, that. And they have a, somebody actually peed on a bookcase in the main branch of the public library. That's part of the problem there. I like the public library. It's cool, man. You know how many books you could take out in one go of maximum? 50. To take it for me, that's two, notebook, uh, two backpacks worth at least. And 50 books. What are you going to do with 50 books? I impress the in-laws, right? My wife's parents show up and I'm like, Look at me, I'm a brainiac. I have 50 books on the floor. Would you like to sit down? Hang on a sec. Make a little chair. Furniture. Impress people with that. I keep a, a diary. It's not just Twitter, I keep a diary. And uh, it's really, it's changed my life. I remember things. In fact, at night I dream about my day. Makes my dream journal redundant. 
Just like see the diary. It's a good set, right? All right, you guys are a good crowd. I'm gonna put that in my diary. That's a fair switch. I think next year is gonna be horrible. I think there's gonna be a nuclear war next year, so I regret that. I regret the future. Right, I mean, it was quaint. We still had Obama at the beginning of the year, 2017. How can I regret that? I'll regret it next year. I do regret uh, Twitter again. People last year would have, like, they turned to little infants. They're like, oh, celebrity is dead. Oh, I miss him. Boo-hoo, it's a terrible year. 2016 was fine. All right. I want to get out on a joke. How about that? Oh, you know, uh, it's going to be rough when everything becomes recreational next month, next week. Pot. You can't... uh, you can have guys looking like me walking around San Francisco with like a lollipop. <laughs> right? Who, who are we fucking kidding? I'm just like a 49-year-old overweight guy walking around San Francisco with a lollipop in my mouth. <laughs> oh, he's just enjoying a lollipop. His fucking breath doesn't fool me. It's all fucking pot bullshit. You know, there's a place in San Francisco, and they, it's right by Golden Gate Park, this dispensary that brags that it's the uh, San Francisco's first ex- in- exclusive indoor pot club. You have to join a membership. And I'm like, well, I'd rather just go by the nearby uh, open pot club, Golden Gate Park. <laughs> fucking smoke there. I'm Mike Spiegelman. Thank you, guys. No regrets. show yay I've just messed everything up look at this oh I regret being on a plane does anybody else always get sick when they go on a plane is that common for most people are you going back to the Australia you just came for three days and you're going back oh okay thank god I was like that's insane why would you want to fly for three days to stay for three days the city's not that cool um, all right, your next comedian. She is super cool. You're going to love her. Put your hands together for Quinn Quintara. Yay! So Pam's my mom. And my last name is actually Quintana. We've talked about this. Um, I don't like it when you call me by the wrong name on stage, Mom. Okay. Uh, no, but I do feel like if I continue down the road I'm going, I will be Pam Benjamin in the future. And uh, that's not so bad. Not so bad. Get a drink all the time. That sounds awesome. Uh, my name is Quinn. Uh, Quinn Quintana. Obviously not my real name. I'm uh, not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> uh, I'm extremely tired. I would actually much rather be home sleeping right now. No offense to any of you. Uh, I just spent most of the night yelling at my ex-boyfriend. Doing a lot of these motions. And so I got a real bad cramp like right here. And I really just want to lay down. But I did this for you. No regrets. Uh, so I actually am going to look at my phone too. I'm going to cheat on this. So don't judge me. It's, it's not like, you know, lazy or unprofessional. It's just what I'm doing right now. It's just this little thing I'm going through right now. Just a thing. i got to find my notes here. I forgot where I was going with this. I had a point. Um, so I had a lot of changes this year. Um, I stopped working at kink.com after three years of work in July. Yeah. Make some noise for kink.com. Thank you. 
Uh, so like most people that work at porn studios, I worked there because I have daddy issues. Yeah. Uh, my dad was hung and nailed just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus was obviously into BDSM. Obviously. Uh, from my time at kings.com, I did learn some things. Um, for example, I can look at any dick and eye it by size and know how many inches it is. I can tell you every male porn star's dick size. Um, Jack Hammer, uh, 11 and a half inches. Mandingo, 15 inches. Imagine taking that home. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of like sick fetish websites. Um, what do you think that the sickest fetish website is to seal some stuff out? Shit. Oh yeah, that's just, that's weird. VC stuff is weird. If you, like, I don't know, I don't even know how in the fuck you're going to like shit in a spoon and, and someone else is going to eat it. Like I don't want to be the, I don't want to be on either side of that. Like I don't want anything to do with that. Um, I think furry stuff is weird. Like if you low key get turned on by like dressing up like animals, you probably like low key want to fuck animals. Just saying. I don't work at kings.com anymore. I don't support you people anymore. Uh, um, anal gaping, also weird. I think it's the worst yoga ever. Uh, I think they teach it in the Dikram yoga class. A little pun. Yeah. Uh, no, but I actually did find the sickest website. Uh, it took a lot of time, a lot of research, a lot of effort. But I found the sickest fetish website of all time. You don't want to guess what it is? It's my joke. Okay, just kidding. Uh, it, uh, it is a website that's dedicated to just sensitive people. Entire website dedicated to just sensitive people. Uh, it's called Yelp.com. <laughs> Sickest website I've ever seen. Um, I just want to let you all know, no one cares about your tips. No one cares. Um, I literally could care less about what you think about anything, to be honest. And the, I feel like these are the same people that can't make up their mind about things. They don't know what they want. They have no idea who they are. They go to places like uh, a brewery and you want to get a little flight of beers, like six little mini beers. Or like a, little, like a wine flight or just like flights and samples. It's stupid. It's stupid. Uh, if you really want to experience things and experience the world, do crystal meth. <laughs> Meth's going to make you do a whole lot of things you never thought you would do. You're welcome. In advance. Um, I had a segue from that and I forgot. One second. <clears throat> I'm tired. Oh, right, right. Tips, 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 tips. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't really like tips. Um, the only tips that I take are from dudes with Coke dick. <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. I know. Okay, next. Uh, oh, yeah. So I'm newly single. Um, which is surprising, I know, based on all the things that I'll probably do in bed. Um, but, you know, and I'm not really a polyamorous person. I think, pol like, polygamy is a really gross word. It sounds gross. It sounds like some weird, like, STD that I don't want. Um, but I don't think really think that I need polyamory because I have multiple personalities. <laughs> and so, um, have you ever met someone that you just, like, connected with, like, immediately? and they make you feel alive and you fall in love really quickly and you've been together way too quick and then all of a sudden you realize that, that they're only fun five days of the week and they sleep straight through the other two and in actuality you're just dating fun meth guy <laughs> but you don't really figure that out for another month or two and you continue to live with them for another six months just hoping it's going to work out that's what i did uh didn't work out uh, i thought that was a big surprise for anyone um there's another joke here. This is supposed to be funnier. It feels sad. Okay. 
This is my real life. Uh, do, 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 do. Mm, yeah, not your soulmate, fun meth guy. We did that. We did that. Uh, yeah, that's just sad. There was no joke. It was just sad. Yeah, there, there's literally no joke there. Uh, so this is a person who uh, went to my brother's wedding, met my entire family, and then got arrested for shoplifting the next day because he decided to steal sunglasses from a sunglass hut. And then I had to lie to my entire family about where he was. And Indiana, it's just like 3,000 miles away. Um, which I don't think it was really believable. There was like, that's really your story. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going with. How about we stop talking about it? Yeah. Uh, was not just smoking meth in the car. No big deal. Um, but I lost some weight. I used to be like 300 pounds before. Look at me now. No, I wasn't, I wasn't. It's like 10 pounds, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> working on getting it back. Uh, <laughs> Uh, meth is a hell of a drug, way more exciting than cocaine. It's a better product. It was manufactured for Nazis. Read a book, Spiegelman. Um, <laughs> I think like the moral of the story is I think like so I think most of the relationship I was telling him to just like go fuck himself. You know what I mean? It was just like, you know, he'd be like, uh, he, like he broke up with me and he was just like, oh, you know, he's like I want to have some friends over. So if you want to like leave, that'd be cool. And just like I like live here, dude. You know? It's like like dude, you can go fuck yourself, right? So, how about we just, we just say that together? Like, I say, dude, you can, and then you say, fuck yourself. Now we're not that. You're, we're going to do it anyway. Okay. Uh, dude, you can. Oh, that was a very good enunciation, Pam. Very, you're, you're the star student. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, I had a joke here again. Sorry. Sorry about this. Really, like, not much going on in the brain. Probably from the meth. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, yeah, he broke up with me, uh, and I wasn't feeling very attractive. I had went on a few dates with people, but I was really just rejecting intimacy. This is also not funny. Uh, but like, I, like, I go on dates, I get like someone like a little hug by. I'm like, okay, that was great. See you later, you know. And then I'd be like, thanks for coming out, you know. Uh, I once got as far as getting someone into my bed, and they had fallen asleep, and then I woke him up and told him that his Uber was here. Uh, but some of my friends, in order to cheer me up, um, invited me to an orgy. Has anyone ever been to an orgy before? Yes. How was it? Messy. It is a little messy. I, I went to one once before and I got pink eye. Oh. Yeah. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this was a selective orgy. So it was not like just anyone, anyone could come. I was the wild card if anyone was wild. Uh, and so there was six women and three dudes, all very attractive. It's like the top tier of orgies, I would say. Uh, it, it was. It was, a great, it was a great orgy, Pam. It was a great por You would have been proud. <laughs> I wish you could have been there. Uh, so I went to this orgy, had a great time. I was feeling better about myself. I was feeling attractive, right? Because I just like fucked nine people, right? All at once. <laughs> you can't do that in any normal day. Yeah. So I was feeling great, and then a few days later, one of the girls calls me and tells me she has chlamydia. Aww. I know. Yeah, the claps, the claps back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what that means, but I like it. I don't really know what I said. So anyway, so I had to go get tested for chlamydia, and the thing is, you can't just really walk into the guy, like to the guy in the college and be like, "Yo, I want to get tested for chlamydia." There's like, so they're just like, "Oh, you gotta wait in line. Wait, wait in line over here." So you like wait there for a long time, you're really anxious, you get up there, and they're just like, why are you here? And you're like, I think that's why. And they're just like, what? And I'm like, chlamydia. What do you think? Chlamydia! Like, fuck, like, Jesus Christ. And they're just like, well, it's like, they're like, well, you just have an appointment. I'm like, right, but I just found out I have chlamydia. This is a big deal for me. So if I could get tested, that'd be cool. Like, yeah, you can do it online, or you can go up to the front desk downstairs, three floors, and do it there. I'm just like, can I just like go and like pee in a cup right now and you 
test it? Like, what do we have to, why is this like a big thing? So I ended up having to say chlamydia like 15 more times. Um, they make you say it like a million times. There's so much, like, it's not like, it's not like, you know, when you go to like the head shop to buy like a, a meth pipe and there's no shame. There's like tons of shame at like the fucking hospital. You're just like chlamydia, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, that girl was in my math class. <laughs> All six of us. Um, yeah, so it turns out I actually didn't have the clap and that her boyfriend just cheated on her like at a different time. Oh. I know. True story, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's true, yeah. Uh, another place that I always go to feel attractive, I found this out, is the DMV. <laughs> because uh, for some reason, no one looks attractive at the DMV. Like, no one's getting dressed up to go to the DMV, no one's putting on makeup. And what I like most about the DMV is that everyone is treated equal. Yep. Uh, our government at the DMV, uh, no lives matter. <laughs> yeah, no regrets, yeah. There's another joke there, and I forget. I think I got a good phone motion, though, right? <laughs> I learned that in the orgy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah. What was interesting, though, is when I thought I had chlamydia, I was telling everyone about it because I thought it was hilarious that I got chlamydia from orgy. Uh, and I was really, I think I was also trying to, like, fend off people trying to bang me because I'm still, like, kind of weird about it. And so, like, but what happened was, like, it was getting, like, this, like, dirtier crew of dudes who were just, like, I'll still fuck you. Yeah, and so then I felt even more attractive and my head exploded uh, because I was still desirable with chlamydia. I, I know it sounds weird, but it really just like fixed my whole psychosis. Uh, <laughs> I had like messaged someone that like they might have chlamydia so that's why I hooked up with them. And then I asked what he was doing for New Year's and he was just like, I don't know, like I guess getting chlamydia? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> I was like, cool, me too. Um, yeah, sorry, there's another joke. God, I'm like brain dead today. It's, I shouldn't have smoked so much meth today. Which I didn't actually. I'll never tell. <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, so like, you know, the orgy giveth, the orgy taketh away. I was really hoping to share an STD with all of my friends uh, because it's like having a kid, but with way less commitment. Um, thank you, I'm Quinn Quintana. This is my mother, Pam. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to give anybody chlamydia tonight. And it's a fun word to say, though. It belies its sadness, right? Like, it sounds kind of pretty. Like, someone could name their child that, chlamydia. Like, accidentally, like some, but they spell it, like, without a Y or something. And I don't know how that works. Uh, your next comedian is all the way from L.A. Uh, clap your hands wildly for Quentin Thomas. Is he not here? It's, it's not here. That's so funny. Um, I thought it was you, but it's not. Okay. He, our, our guy from LA didn't come, but you know who he did, who did come all the way from Australia. Hey, everybody. This is fucking exciting stuff. Uh, he's all the way from Australia, and he's a really funny guy. He was on our open mic earlier, and he's going to make you guys laugh right now. Clap your hands wildly for Nick Moniz. <laughs> One very aggressive woo. Fuck. Hello. Um, good. Yes. Hello. No. Fire. Yeah. Good. Nice. I uh, regrets. You said I didn't have to do any, but I was, I was thinking I got uh, definitely have regrets. I, I have regrets every time I get a haircut. Like I feel like I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, and like I, I can sort of go either way on it. 
You know what I mean? Like, like I can either absolutely love it or absolutely hate it. And it sort of depends on who I talk to. You know what I mean? Like if I, I'll come across a friend and they'll be like, ooh, bad haircut. And I'll be like, I know, I, I didn't want to say anything. I just panicked. I, I choked up, didn't say anything and let him do it. You know, but then I could, I could, I could see another friend and they may, might be like, mate, very sharp. And I'll be like, I know, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> my call, I thought I got a little bit crazy. Um, also found out I'm a little bit camp apparently. Wow, that was weird. Um, okay. But, but like I, if, if, I'm, if I'm this way about my hair, like I worry what I'm going to be like if I have kids. You know what I mean? If I, you, I laugh too hard. Um, you know, like, like if, if I'm like this way about my hair, like I, I'll be at a parent-teacher interview maybe and the teacher will be like, you know, your son's a little bit disruptive and I'm like, absolutely, what do you want me to do about it? Like I'll, I'll hit him, I'll hit him, I don't care. Is that what you, is that what you want me to do? I'll do it. Like I'm, I'm, I just energy match people and I, I, it's like concerning. But like actually parent-teacher interviews were the worst growing up. You know, because I've got one of those mums that's like, she's too supportive. Like, she's too good to me. You know, like, like uh, that exact scenario could happen. And, and, you know, the teacher would be like, oh, Nicholas is actually a little bit disruptive in class. Uh, and my mum would be like, well, I think you're fucking disruptive in class. Okay, mate. He's clearly not getting enough mental stimulation. You know, like, uh, good. Okay. Relatively new. Hey, Pam, out of 10, what would you give that? Nine or a 10? 10? Um, maybe you didn't understand it. I don't know. Um... No, it's, it's, it's good. Uh, but I think, I think the other thing like that's given me, and this is probably one of my big regrets for this year because it really does affect me. Like, I tend to find like the silver linings. Like, I tend to find like the positive things, you know, in life. And that, that, like, I'm worried that, that's hurt me a few times this year, but I'm worried it could get worse. You know what I mean? Like, I'm worried, like, say I get kidnapped or something like that. And because I mean, look at me, say I get kidnapped, you know, and, and held in a bunker for 10 years. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get pulled out. The police are going to want to interview me to press charges on this guy. And I'm just going to be like, look, he, uh, he actually saved me a lot of money in rent and bills. I like, can't complain. Have you tried to get into the property market? It's fucking nuts. You know, like silver linings. Um, but it's good. I'm, I am, I'm from Australia. I'm from uh, a place called Perth, which is, uh, and a neighborhood called Leadable, which is actually like, it's a pretty trendy little place. I, actually, I work, I work next to a lady from Ireland and, and whenever she feels homesick, she just puts on a recording of Falling Rain and it takes her right back to Dublin. I thought that was absolutely amazing. So we, we've been driving around America and whenever I feel homesick, having grown up in a little bit of a hipster suburb, I just put on a recording of, of people ordering flat whites. I get that shit on loop. It takes me right back. It's, uh, do you have flat whites? Yeah, okay. Just flat whites is a coffee. Never mind. Um, that's right. No context. I should have known that. What, what, what's like a hipster coffee? I don't know. Um, four barrel. Four barrel. Okay. For next for next time. Imagine I'd said four barrel. It's a killer joke. Um, uh, but yeah. But like it's and it's it's. I think the thing that's interesting about the area is that with hipsters, like everything about them is old school except for their world worldview. You know what I mean? Like, I, I saw this bloke riding an old bike the other day, and as he went past, I was like, fuck me, this has got to be the first time in history someone riding a penny farthing is also thinking about gay marriage. Like, that is <laughs> just absolutely amazing. I don't know, it blows my mind. Um, I, wrote, I wrote some jokes about San Francisco. Are you guys down to hear that? Yay. All right, so I've been, we were in the car today, and I was just, like, smashing through them in my head. So this is, this is the second time I've said it out loud. So it's, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I, uh, I guess, I guess to give you a little bit of background, I'm an urban designer. Like that's, that's my sort of like thing. 
and I was really pumped to come to San Francisco, you know, not for the Golden Gate, but for the Mooney, for like, for like, for your public transport, because it's, it's, it's amazing, like, uh, like, I've, yeah, thank you, Pam, you know, I've, uh, I've been, I've been on the light rail, and the cable cars, and I've just had the best time, like, it's, for me, the light rail is like international waters. You know what I mean? Like, like anything goes. You don't know what's going to happen once you're on there. You know, there might be a fist fight or a poetry jam. Either way, it's going to be fucking hectic. You know, like, <laughs> it's good. I like that. Um, but, but like, you learn, like, you find out a lot. I found out a lot about San Francisco by riding the light rail. And I want to make that distinction. Like, I, I found something out. I didn't learn something. You know, because, like, you might learn about the San Francisco earthquakes in a textbook. But you find out that people here keep iguanas as, as pets when you're on the light rail. You know what I mean? Like, like there's a difference. Like, you, you, you find out, I mean, sorry, you learn that iguanas have toxic spit. But you find out that it costs $1,500 in a hospital visit to fix that if you get bitten. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a difference. Um, but I think I like, I really like light rail. Like I, I like trams because I like that, that feeling of cruising past traffic jams. Like we spend 44 hours a year stuck in traffic and then you can just float by it on a tram. For me, that must be the same feeling that the first person who, had, who rode a turbojet had when, that, when everyone else was in like propeller planes. You know what I mean? Like just flipping off all-wheel right on the side. I don't know. Oh, I wish that had gone better. Um, that's all right, though. That's all right. Uh, I think I think the other the other feeling I get when I'm on like light rail is the same. Like I get this real smugness about being on it when I'm cruising past traffic because I can do like you can do other things on it. You can watch Netflix. You can chill. I don't know. Um, but you're just cruising past all these people stuck in traffic, and I, I feel like it's the same smugness that morning people have. You know what I mean? Like you both get to work and they're just like, it's 9am, you know? I've, uh, I've already been to the gym. I prepared dinner for tonight and I've sponsored a child in Africa. What have you done? You know, like the, <laughs> it's that same smugness and that's, that's why I love it, you know? And it's, and it's clever because they, they call it light rail, you know? They call it light rail because they want it to sound sexy. You know, kind of like in the same way that you have light coke. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to treat myself, you know what I mean? Like I've worked hard. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to get on the light rail. Like it's that... Just me on that one. That's fair. Um, but uh, I mean, you're, 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 you are a really hipster city too. You know, like uh, you're very, very hipster city. You know, I'm, like to be honest, I'm actually surprised Alcatraz isn't already a weekend market selling crafts made by ex-cons. Like I'm very, <laughs> very surprised that isn't already the case. Um, but uh, but yeah, your, your cable cars, you, you guys, they've been around since the 1800s. You guys already all know this. They've been around since the 1800s and your mayor tried to get rid of them in the 80s and like the whole of San Francisco got together and was like, actually, they're not outdated. They're just vintage. Okay, so <laughs> we'll just leave them. Very hipster, very hipster. But um, oh, far out. What was I going to... Sorry, bear with me. I want to I punch through these jokes because I really enjoyed writing them. Even if you guys didn't enjoy listening to them, but stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, because you guys, you guys have, like, the fact that you, put that phone away, this joke's going to be good. Um, the fact, sorry, no, you can't text, I don't care. Um, no, clearly I do care, that's why I brought it up. Um, no, like, like my, my city still has diesel buses, whereas you guys are rolling around in like, like these, like, heritage cars. For me, that's like comparing, like, a vintage Aston Martin to a 1997 Toyota Corolla that the previous owners vomited in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm... That's why I was excited to ride your cable cars. Like, that's cool. 
you know, and I hope I hope that you guys take that same approach to your 21st century technologies. You know, your 21st century transport. I hope you take that same approach. I guess what I'm saying is in 100 years, I want everyone to be teleporting except for the tourists in, in San Francisco who are still taking heritage-listed Ubers. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'd love to see. Well, uh, yep, cool. Um, hello again. Uh, I'll get back to... Sorry, they, they were my new jokes. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys listening to them. That was good fun. Um, I, uh, I, I ride my bike everywhere. I, uh, but, like, I, I want to make the distinction, like, I'm a bike rider, I'm not a cyclist. You know what I mean? Like, like cyclists cause congestion on the roads and in coffee shops on Saturday mornings. But bike, bike riders are actually good for everyone on the road. Like, like for me, when someone gets mad at a bike rider, that's like getting mad at someone that's chosen to use natural medicine. I mean, like they're not clocking up the system. They're not costing the taxpayers any money. And there's a good chance they'll be dead soon anyway. So <laughs> that's real. That's, that's some real talk. But uh, we like it, it's it's bad. Like where I'm from, it's a really car-centric city. Um, you know, so so like bike riders aren't treated with a lot of respect. And they had this they had this whole campaign in Australia, starring this very famous Australian guy called Dennis Cometti. And basically, what they were saying is, hey, don't run over bike riders because it could be Cometti. Like, <laughs> like as. It just blows my mind. As a way to, like, discourage people from committing crimes, they were like, hey, don't do it because it could be a celebrity. Like, imagine, imagine if in the 90s my government had been like, hey, don't have, don't have sex with kids, could be Macaulay Culkin. You know what I mean? Like, that's the... Uh, it's a little bit dark, and that's probably the right response, but it's clever, so I keep it. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's bad, and, like, people are, people are really abusive. Like, I had, this, I had this, this car pull up next to me the other day, and I apologise for the salty language. His words, not mine. He pulls up next to me, winds down his window, and he goes, get off the road, you stupid fucking prick. Right? And as this police car drove off, I was just absolutely... I, I need to get a licence, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, no, it's good. I, uh, is, is anyone here on a date tonight? Married. <laughs> no date, no romance, it's over. Um, this is just our excuse to get out of the house. Jesus. Um, leave us alone. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, the reason I say this is because, like, you... Uh, like, uh, my, my girlfriend and I, we've been trying to spice up our love life a little bit lately, and you guys might appreciate this. We've, be, we've been doing this thing where we'll go out to a bar, pretend we don't know each other, and I've got to try and pick her up. I think... I think the only problem is she's forgotten how terrible I am with women. <laughs> because I just spent 20 minutes creepily staring at her before heading home and playing Xbox alone till 3 a.m. I mean, <laughs> I had a banger of a night. Um, level up. Uh, no, it's, it's good. But she's, um, we, uh, we had to do long distance for a little while. Has anyone, anyone done long distance for a bit? You have? Yeah. Uh, how'd you, f I realise I don't care. Um, the, sorry, I'm, a, so, yeah, good. <laughs> oh, ruthless. Um, hurtful. Uh, no, like, like, I think, Long distance in this day and age is really difficult, you know what I mean? Because I feel like we're too connected. You know, like if, like if I, if I want to send her like a nude or something, like tasteful obviously, but if I want to send her like a nude, I've just got to find somewhere quiet to strip off like a library or something and, and just ping it off to her. You know, whereas back in the olden days, and Pam, you probably remember this, back in the olden days, um, you know, you, you had to create longing. Like you'd write a letter, you'd mail that off, you know, probably slip in some nude, black and white for you, no doubt, you know. Put them in there, Pam, and send them off. Like, you were probably getting fax stick pics in the 90s. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that works. That's, that's it. Um, but, uh, 
I'll leave you on this. We, we, we travel around together a lot. We, we recently went to Vietnam, you know, and, and I, truth be told, we were there helping to build schools. And, and, and you probably think that makes me a hero, and, and you'd be right. You know, but you know what that experience taught me? You know what I learned about me? It's that I don't know jack shit about building schools, you know? Like, like it's just a wealthy white person in the way. It'd be... It'd be like James Packer coming to your house to help... Oh, you don't know who James Packer is. Um, it'd, be like, it'd, be, it'd be like Warren Buffett coming to your house... Coming to your house to help you with your laundry. You know what I mean? Like, Warren's never done his own washing and now he's trying to do yours. Like... No, Warren, mate, no, we, we separate the lights and the darks. We don't put them in together. <laughs> no, Warren, no, once you turn it on, it locks. <laughs> no, you can't get them out. You know, and I'd probably log on to Facebook the next day and Warren's posted a photo with me. Oh, such a privilege to help the less fortunate. I'm wearing pink clothes that used to be white. <laughs> Fuck you, Warren. Fuck you. Anyway, you guys have been fabulous. Thank you very much. I've had a great time. from Australia. Well, all the way from LA. He made it. Uh, last, oh, it is so, it is so weird when you hear yourself in your own head. It's like, it's like being inside a disco ball. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, your next comedian, he came all the way from LA and I got to meet him last week on a great show at the Hip Hop Awareness Festival, which was a lot of fun in, uh, in LA. And he's here with us right now. Put your hands together for Quentin Thomas. No, it's okay. Is this on? Hello, is this this is good? Okay. Wow, there's a lot of rules here already. No shaking hands, which microphone? Guys are probably like, a guy named Quentin Thomas that she met at a hip-hop festival. White? What? <sighs> this is about regrets, right? Sure? All right, well, something that just happened to me, the reason I'm so late is I regretted taking the wrong train which I'm not from the Bay Area, like she said. I was out in Oakland, and then I was like, oh, I'll take the same train that took me out to Oakland for a stop. That'll take me back to San Francisco. That's how it works, right? You guys are like this fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, regrets. Ah, oh, so many. It uh, started on June 27th, 1994, the day I was born. Now, um, I don't know. We all have regrets. I think we regret relationships, right? Every, hindsight's 2020. I remember the first like sort of relationship, not relationship, but like love interest. First serious one I had was probably like when I was 10 or 11. I went on this trip overseas. I met a girl there. Uh, she liked me. I didn't get it, but that's fine. Um, and we ended up going on a date. And uh, what happened was I took her to uh, the US Open which is like a surfing competition uh, in my, my hometown. And uh, things were going good. And then I decided to open up to her. And how I decided to open up to her is I looked her dead in the face and I go, uh, hey, do you ever wonder if you're retarded and no one's telling you? <laughs> I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if you guys have ever asked someone this question, <laughs> but there's like a moment where they look at you and you're like, oh shit, I am retarded. Oh no. <laughs> it's probably my first regret in relationships. 
Um, my next one was uh, a long distance one. Like you said, it was uh, a girl that I also met overseas. Very privileged upbringing. <laughs> met a lot of women overseas, um, which also is a thing I regret. I don't think you should travel internationally before 18 because you're not going to remember anything. I went to nine countries before the time I was 15, and I can tell you two facts about maybe one of them. <laughs> like, don't do it. Um, if you're under 18 in here, I don't think anyone is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she ended up like being really shitty. She lied a lot. Um, so she like left, like once the relationship was over, I felt like really shitty about myself. Um, but then like I had kind of a moment of weakness a couple years back, decided to look her up on Facebook. Uh, dude, she got so fat. <laughs> I was like, oh fuck, I won the breakup. What's up? That's great. Oh man. I'm not fat shaming her, I'm just saying. <laughs> Made me feel better about the fact she cheated on me, whatever. <laughs> um, all right. Has anyone commented on the very aggressive no sunflower seeds yet? What is, cause outside it says like no alcohol. I get it, you know, that's illegal, but no, no fucking sunflower seeds. With very strong, uh, written in red with a huge no sun. What, what's the story behind that? Is it? It's that seems like the kids' problems, not the sunflower seeds' problems. <laughs> You're really. All right, I'll get into my normal stand up. Um, I am uh, I'm friends with a lot of girls, and uh, I like being friends with girls. Because I don't think a lot of guys realize is being friends with girls is a very powerful thing. Uh, because as soon as that girl gets a boyfriend, you learn a whole lot about that dude's dick. And then the first time you meet, you have all the power in the situation. It's always like, hey, what's up? Nice to finally meet you. Average size, but comes too quick. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm from, uh, I'm from Huntington Beach, California. And uh, if you're not familiar with Huntington Beach, this is how I describe Huntington Beach to people is uh, you know how a lot of like cities have like issues with gangs like Bloods versus Crips? Uh, Huntington Beach had the same problem except with Christian youth groups. <laughs> like this is true growing up. Uh, someone once pushed me and almost ripped my Jesus my homeboy t-shirt. It's pretty rough out on the streets. <laughs> uh, growing up in that environment, me and all my friends, uh, it just meant that we all thought one day we're all going to be professional rappers. That was our biggest aspirations. Uh, and I only remember one of the rap lyrics that I wrote when I was 15. I'm going to share it with you. It was, uh, my dick is like carrots. Good for bitches eyesight. <laughs> Which, by the way, I thought was so cool at the time. That's not cool at all. <laughs> like, I'm not saying my dick is something that's for pleasure. My dick's basically a prescription, is what I'm saying. My dick will cure your cataracts. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, my, uh, my favorite genre of music is uh, songs by gay artists before they come out of the closet. It's a really fun genre. Like, uh, for example, uh, Frank Ocean, the artist Frank Ocean, he has this song. And in the song, there's a lyric, uh, stripper booty with a rack like wow. Uh, and I think that's the gayest way to react to boobs ever. <laughs> like, if a girl took off her shirt, my first reaction was, wow, we are no longer sleeping together. <laughs> tell you that much uh i have a girlfriend me and my girlfriend we met on tinder like everyone hates tinder but it was like really cool to me so i feel like 
Tinder is that one friend in the friend group everyone hates, but like you're cool with, you know? <laughs> Sorry you kicked your dog, but he got me a girlfriend, so I'm not complaining. All right. Um, I am uh, I'm a tall person, six foot seven, and uh, people tend to stare at me in public. It really gets on my nerves. Uh, so I'm trying to think of ways to get back at people. Uh, so I think I'm just going to start dunking on people. Because, <laughs> like, what's more humiliating than that, you know? <laughs> I do get asked that question a lot. Like, oh, do you play basketball? Like, yeah, dude, I'm the NBA, but Moonlight is an Uber driver. You got me. <laughs> I don't know. I just wish people would switch it up every once in a while, you know? Like, I wish just once someone would come up to be like, hey, uh, how many stretch marks do you have on your back from growing 10 inches in five months? <laughs> It's a lot. It's kind of gross. To give you a reference, my back looks like someone else's height chart. <laughs> but people assume uh, because I'm tall, I get a lot of girls. And I will say the pussy is scarce. It's not as much as I, you know, desired, uh, which sucks. I don't necessarily think I'm like a bad looking guy, you know? Like I think the best way I can describe myself is like I'm definitely a fetish, you know? <laughs> like if you're a girl and the first thing you ever got off to was a pool noodle, probably your guy. <laughs> All right, let's test you guys. Um, I am uh, I'm poor, but I'm like upper middle class poor, uh, which basically just means I'm waiting for my parents to die. <laughs> like this is true. The other day, my mom was telling me her net worth, and mid conversation, I started googling untraceable poisons. <laughs> like I don't want my parents to die, but if they did, it would solve all my problems. <laughs> Like, you're telling me I get to pay my bills on time and I don't have to go home for Thanksgiving? What's the catch? <laughs> like, I understand I would miss them, but also I miss Breaking Bad. Life moves on, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Test you guys a little bit. Talk about regrets. Talk about regretting relationships. Let's get into the biggest re regrettable relationship of my life. Uh, uh, it was my high school girlfriend, and uh, she actually used to hit me which sucked because she would hit me and tell me not to tell anyone. So basically I was in the world's shittiest fight club. <laughs> you know? Uh, but it's cool. Like I've been out of it, been talking to a lot of people about it. And uh, a lot of people have the same reaction, which is, wow, that sucks. It's really hard. Uh, hey, how tall was she? <laughs> I got a request. Uh, maybe if someone tells you they're being abused, don't question logistics, all right? For those of you who are wondering, she was five foot two with a wicked right hook, though. <laughs> I don't know, a lot of people, you know, question it, like, oh, how could you let this happen, you know? How could you let that happen to yourself? And I, I got to say, the best way I can say it was, like, it was puppy love. You know, it was puppy love, which I think is a really good way to describe it because she did basically control when I peed, ate, and went outside, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you think it was like going through it? No, <laughs> Nah, that's fine. She's a monster. Uh, um, I don't know. What's, what, else is, uh, what else is happening? How much time? <laughs> a minute? All right. I'll close on this. Um, guys can kind of be perverts. I think we all can agree. Guys can kind of be perverts. Uh, I think the perfect example of this is like every time there's this new story, local teacher sleeps with 12-year-old student. There's always that one guy who's like, man, where are all those teachers when I was in middle school? <laughs> Which is weird because like girls don't do that. Girls don't see an Amber Alert and are like, man, where are all the guys in early 2000 model Toyotas when I was seven? <laughs> hey, you guys were really fun. My name's Quentin Thomas. Thank you.
all the way from L.A. Uh, you guys should be super excited because your headliner is my favorite comedian in San Francisco. You actually, you absolutely are. Uh, he's incredibly funny. He just killed it last week at Cobb's. You guys are in for a treat. Clap your hands in a wild slappy-like motion for your headliner, Joe Gorman. Yeah. Hey, I'm fighting through the fucking sickness. All right. Fucking courage. She's on her deathbed. All right. She was hooked up, dramatically hooked up to a heart monitor. And it was like, ping, ping, ping. She was like, no, I got a fucking comedy show to go to. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Fucking inspiring, huh? Don't ever doubt the healing power of stand-up comedy. All right. She was on her deathbed. Now, look, she's laughing. She's clapping. She's introducing comics. We're Fucking in the zone now, goofballs, right? Friday night just got kicked into overdrive, huh? Hell yeah, dude. It is 9.30 p.m. You're telling me I wouldn't rather be at home right now? Rocking an avocado night mask? (laughs) Just opening these pores the fuck up? Get out of town! I'm all about it. But I made a fucking resolution on 2017 that if I have the ability, I will grip this mic, spit some truth, and get everyone on the radio waves to subconsciously vote libertarian in the next election. So let's do it. Let's learn from our mistakes, all right? Oh, we're feeling good now. All right, man. We had a, I got, I, I was a little, unfortunately, I was party to the party everyone was talking about their their fucking regrets was was it like a lot of like I, I, I see there's like an eclectic group of audience here was it mostly like young people talking about like fucking young people regrets like oh i fucking go fuck 401ks and that kind of shit or is it like but like i got like fucking adult regrets you know like fucking big boy regrets you know like i still don't have a bed like, I wake up on a pile of dirty laundry. I'm 33. I, I fucking wake up on a pile of dirty laundry. All my friends have those sweet little Tempur-Pedic mattresses. You know, like, they're fucking, they can jump on the bed, have a glass of red wine. Not a drop is spilled. I'm spilling wine all over my sleeping arrangements like a child, like a little French child just spilling wine because I'm not in it. I don't want to make that investment. We spend one third of our lives asleep. You guys know that? I just pulled that statistic out of my ass, but it sounds right, right? Like you're asleep for like nine hours. That's like one third of the day. I think that'll evens out a little bit, but I don't own a mattress. That was like a goal, man. Like I realized that uh, during Christmas, we were handing out gifts. Grandma's dead. I don't have any socks. All of my holes have socks in it. How much of a bummer? I don't know how to dress myself. These pants, this shirt, mom. This is a fucking mom gift. My, my socks, holes in them. Big old fucking hole like I'm a carpet bagger and I got my big toe just sticking out, going down to town with all of my wares over my shoulder. Not a fan, man. So much regret. I regret getting old. Like this, like this Christmas, it just snuck up on me. When I was a kid, I was always, I was always excited about Christmas, huh? Those little paper chains that you break when you get closer to Christmas. Those disgusting little calendars where you open it and eat moldy chocolate and you, you eat it. You're like, oh, this is a holiday tradition. Christmas cookies, woo! 
Letters to Santa? Sign me the fuck. I didn't even sit on Santa's lap this year. I'm all about sitting on old men's laps. Not this year. Couldn't get into the holiday spirit. It's a joke, but I'm a little goofy on the Kinsey scale for sure. For sure, man. For sure. Oh, man. I was like, yeah, I just realized I was getting old. I don't like my day job. Like, here's like my, when I was like a child, my fantasies were like making love and flying and, and just doing all kinds. Like, oh, my God. Like, the idea of diplomatic immunity when I was 17 was fucking amazing. And that was based on a very limited knowledge of the real world and a working knowledge of Lethal Weapon 2. Where it's like, oh, diplomatic immunity. You can do whatever the fuck you want. But I would use my diplomatic immunity for good. That was my justification. Those are the things I wanted when I was a kid. But now as an adult, I just want to quit my job without worries or concerns. And that was something I used to do when I was young. Did anyone here just ever quit going to a job to stop showing up? You guys ever do that shit? I used to do that. Yeah, all the comics are kind of clapping, but like scared to clap. Like I don't want to encourage them too, too much. I would stop going to jobs. Like that's how I wouldn't even give two weeks notice Nothing. All right. I would just quit jobs and be like, I'm an artist. And then I'd go to open mics and say, not working is weird. And now I'm an adult. I don't have I don't have that out. I have fucking responsibilities. Like I fantasize about telling my like, go fuck yourself. I have an HBO special and a trailer. And you know what? I'm gonna have a, a, a fucking Netflix original series someday. So you can take this job and your health insurance and your dental insurance and shove it, mister. I don't need a standing desk. I got two hours of amazing hard-hitting comedy to fall back on. That's my insurance. I don't do it, man. I, I fantasize about it more, more than having sex with beautiful women more than being president, I fantasize about quitting my job but still having universal health insurance. How nice would that be? How fucking nice would that be? I should get involved in politics, but man. I didn't do anything this year. I, I was... I, I pulled back a lot. Like, um, I started 2017 on a high note. I was doing drugs. I was drinking. I did a lot of drugs this year. Anyone else? Hell yeah, dude. Fucking cool comics. Fucking square audience right here, right there. <laughs> fucking tight wads, dude. That's why they're there paying, and I'm up here fucking living, man. I did way too many drugs, and I'll tell, I'll tell you why. It's fake news. Yeah. I read all these articles on like these, these young millennials, and I don't consider myself a millennial. I had fucking floppy drives, all right. I didn't have fucking cable TV. I had those fucking bunny ear antennas. I was on a date with a fucking 23-year-old. Ah, I mean, she was like born in like 94. It was fucking weird. It's weird, right? I felt weird. I felt weird about it. That's how I also know I'm a good guy. I felt weird dating somebody 10 years younger than me. So I was like, no, you got to fucking not listen to Britney Spears under classic rock to fucking date me. I was born in 1984. Uh, but like, yeah, I did a lot of drugs and I blame it on... Uh, uh, these articles by these young people in Silicon Valley that say like, well, what I do is I microdose a little bit of LSD, just a little bit of acid, and it just puts me in the right mindset. You know, it kind of opens up new neurological pathways. It kind of adjusts my vision. You know, colors are just a little bit brighter. Words are just a little bit sharper. The, everything is just a little more into... It sounds good. It sounds like a fucking Claritin commercial, right? Like, I'm all about it. So I'm thinking, all right, goofball, if microdosing is good, 
macro dosing would be amazing, right? So I just took 10 massive hits of LSD alone in my room, like not even out in nature. That's the other thing. I don't know if you guys read about Terrence McKenna and all of like the spiritual side of uh, drugs, but you actually have to go out. You got to be self-reflective. You got to humble yourself. You can't just watch both seasons of Stranger Things Back to fucking back. You're not going to be, it's not going to readjust you. You're going to be like, I should go back to community college. Like that's all that's going to happen. And you know what? That's actually more of a step backwards. All right. That's like thinking outside of the box and then going right back into the box. All right. Think about it. So yeah, but I would still, I would still macro dose. If you, if you had the option, I would say do it. I'm saving some up. Maybe New Year's. Who knows what else is going to happen? Huh? Fucking great, man. I have one non-regret, and I was like, I kicked it up doing comedy, man. Like, I kicked it up, all right? Like, I, I yeah, thank you. Thank you for almost clapping. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I'm in radio stations. Sometimes I'm at clubs and colleges, all right? Like, I took some vacation time at my day job because I don't want to be a secretary all the time. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Amazing stand-up comedian, mediocre secretary. I had to, I did a, I did a test to figure out because I didn't even study to be a secretary at school, man. I studied theater arts. I studied English lit. You know, like that's what I got. And like the only acting I do is pretending to know how to type. I do 35 words per minute, all right? It takes me three hours to send an email. Like, thank God I am paid salary, you know, but like my boss comes in, normally I just type like with two index fingers, just, <laughs> just like those little pecking birds, but my boss comes in, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> given the illusion of typing, he leaves the office, I go back, just like delete, fucking delete, delete, I gotta go back, adjust everything, it's nuts, but it's worth it, man, because like, I, I've, I've had some vacation, some vacation time, I've been using it, I've been doing stand-up comedy, outside of San Francisco, all right? Yeah, this seven by seven mile radius isn't enough to contain my brilliance. So I've been going all over. I've been getting a little international, you know? Went to Sacramento. Mm, yeah, our whole mood's changing. Didn't know it was a professional tour, that's right. I've been to Modesto. Damn, goofballs. A couple weeks ago. I was in Chico, California. Mm. All expenses paid. How about that? That's right, man. My agent, AKA me on booking.com, hooked it up. I had it all, man. Wi-Fi, HBO, two twin-size mattresses in that hotel room. That's right, woo. That means one bed designated for pizza eating, one bed designated for fort building. Upper middle class, I have arrived, man. I'm feeling good, dude. I was taking pictures of all these unique, beautiful things, like an ashtray in the hotel room. Ooh, that's exciting, man. We don't have that. We got all these fucking bullshit rules and regulations in San Francisco, but now in fucking Modesto, dude, I can smoke cigarettes and watch Gilmore Girls like a fucking real American. That's what's up, man. I'm in my hotel room. 
I'm smoking weed college style. Huh? You know, where you take a little hit and then exhale through a toilet paper roll stuffed with fabric softener. Fuck yeah, backwards hat guy definitely knows what's up, man. No RAs or managers are gonna knock on my door, get my ass in trouble, call my parents. Ooh, shit, you know? I'm all about it, man, performing, doing jokes. Like, I was, I was home. I was home talking to my parents, and like, you know, I got my sister. She's a fucking doctor. You know, my cousin's visiting. You know, he was in the military. He probably fucking killed a bunch of people, you know? And then, like, they come to me, and I'm like, men and women are different. And it's like, that's what I fucking bring to the table. That's my fucking ace up the sleeve, right? And, like, my mom, I'm telling her, it's like, yeah, you know, I've been, been stealing a lot of hotel soap. You know, I'm taking a, I, I have like four different bath towels now. It's very exciting. They don't, they don't trace that shit. Mom freaks the fuck out. She's not proud of any of these accomplishments. You know, she's like, oh no. You know, like, you know, moms like fucking freak out when you tell them you're making bad life decisions. And they're like, oh no. And then she's like, uh, you should not spend all of your time in a hotel. Joe, that's not good. You have a house. It's like, I, I barely have a house. I, I, I don't have a life if I'm not doing stand-up comedy, Mom. And her rebuttal is, oh, but, you know, I saw this report. They took a black light into the hotel room, and there was blood and sperm and baby parts all over the floor. It's, it's just absolutely disgusting. And you, gotta, and you know what? I also saw that you could get bed bugs sleeping in your hotel comforter. Ah! Sorry, Mom. Sorry I'm a success. I usually wake up on a pile of dirty laundry, but thanks to my amazing skills as a stand-up comedian, God has blessed me with two comforters. You think I'm going to throw them out on the off chance of bed bugs? No. Mom, you know nothing about me, man. I'm not afraid of bed bugs. In my journeys as a stand-up comedian, I got lice and crabs like you would not believe. I don't give a fuck about some hick, backwater, Chico bedbugs, all right? Let me tell you guys something about the ecosystem known as this five foot three deliciousness. Those bedbugs try to get on my body, my lice and crabs will fuck them up, all right? It is called Hometown Pride. I got an understanding with the boys. I don't scratch you, you protect me from foreign parasites. Mm, it's called symbiosis. <laughs> Fuck, that's another regret. I should have been a substitute teacher. How fun, you see how I made learning just fun and exciting for you guys? I come in, I got a sports coat, maybe one of those sweater vests, but then, Blue jeans, fucking right, throwing it off. I fucking sit in the chair backwards. Instead of saying, you want to talk, I'll say, you want to rap? Ah! I missed my call, and it's too, it's too late now. I'm too, I'm too indebted to stand-up comedy, man. I'm too into it, man. Ah, here, here's a fucking regret. I stopped watching uh, pornography on incognito mode at work. Anyone else, like, living rebellious, huh? What they, what's going to happen? You're going to fire me? I'll change everyone's password, all right? I fucking don't give a fuck anymore. I used to be ashamed of watching porn. Anyone else fucking ashamed of watching porn? You're all fucking ashamed of watching porn. Who's going to watch porn tonight? 
Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. Like, a couple of creepy guys that are almost out of my peripheral vision. I know what's up, man. I'm all about it, dude. I don't treat porno like some scarlet letter. I treat it like a red badge of courage, all right? Over my heart, man. Porno gets me woke as fuck, dude. This isn't like the 1980s where it's all fucking plastic and drugs and broken dreams. Porn stars are woke nowadays, huh? Woke means knowledgeable. I learned that from a young person. That's right. That's right. They're fucking woke, man. Like, for instance... I found out we were going to war with North Korea because a porn star tweeted we were going to war with North Korea. (laughs) Fucking woke! And also a testament to this day and age of technology, man. Like when I started watching porn, I knew nothing. Nothing about my porn stars, all right? I didn't know their natural hair color. I didn't know their real name. I didn't know anything. But now... Thanks to the beauty of the internet, I know everything about porn stars. I know their political opinion. I know what they had for lunch. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know their child's first day of school. Mm. Mm. How much of a bummer is that, right? You're following some porn star on Instagram. Suddenly, they ruin the illusion, include a picture of their kid. It's like, yo! I'm following you online for one reason and one reason only. Let me see that dick, homeboy, right? (laughs) Let me see that fucking dick. I don't care about your kids. I want to see the fucking Pringle can between your thighs. Yo, mutiny, make some noise if you're not gay, but enjoy the aesthetic of a well-maintained body. Yeah, man. Getting weird on the Kinsey scale, man. I'm all about it, dude. I'm all about it. Yeah, I'll give you guys another example of porno getting me woke as fuck and keeping me woke as fuck throughout all of 2017. Of all my fucking regrets, the one thing is not my political activism that was brought on through pornography. And I'll tell you the fuse that set it all off, baby, the shot heard around the world. It was when Proposition 60 was on the ballot this last election. Hmm? Yeah, because Prop 60 said any porno filmed in California, the actors would have to wear a condom have to wear a condom. I could not wait to vote no on Proposition 60 soon enough. Prop 60 was my Bernie Sanders. It awoke a political fire within me I didn't even know existed, all right? I saw that measurement, I went, what the fuck? No. Condoms are used for smuggling heroin. (laughs) Not making pornos awkward. And like that, I was off, man. I was a little activist, you know? I registered to vote. I was handing out pamphlets. I was talking to high schools. Making a difference. And guys, I don't know if you've watched a porno lately, 
But Prop 60 failed, and it failed spectacularly, all right? And it was all through word of mouth, all through my activism, you know? There wasn't some melodramatic black and white, no on 60 fucking commercial that showed like a family getting divorced, you know, like a wife crying into her hands, kids moving out of their parents' house, dad's just on the fetal position in the couch, one sock off, five o'clock shadow, shaking uncontrollably like, ah, if only there were condoms in my porno, I'd still have a family. None of that. None of that, man. Here's what happened. Here's exactly what happened on the political uh, ballet, you know? All the porno stars, all the sex workers were like, please, California, please let us practice safe sex. And like a Roman emperor, the California voters said, no. <laughs> no one gets to practice safe sex. Now get back in the shed. You're on the clock. Nah, dude, that's all that happened. You know what? I'm fucking grateful, man, because, like, dude, California, we have enough rules and regulations as it is. You know? Like, can't eat trans fats. Can't hunt your fellow man for sport. I can't even own a ferret. Literally, the only release I have after eight hours of pretending to know how to type is going home, firing up the family laptop, and watching people significantly less attractive than me have unprotected sex for drug money. So you know what? I'm grateful for Prop 60 because now porno is as American as apple pie. So when I'm killing time at the public library, watching some dude bareback a woman or confuse desperate young man for money? I don't feel like a pervert. I feel like a patriot, all right? I helped make that shit happen, man. That's like me in Boston Harbor in 1773 fucking chucking that tea into the harbor, just being like, fuck you, England. Fuck you, taxation without representation. We're Americans, and if we don't like something, we'll fuck it up. So now, when I'm watching porno, I'm inspired, man. I got one hand on my heart, one hand on my dick. I got tears welling up in my eyes while the national anthem plays through my mind as I climax. Like, the only thing more American would be if a bald eagle landed on my shoulder and help me clean up with the American flag when I was done. <laughs> Dramatic and powerful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here pretty soon. I'm gonna tell you guys the craziest, yo, this is actually a, a fucking perfect bookend to 2017. I'm gonna tell you guys the craziest, biggest regret of my life, all right? And like, there's like some young people that, that came up and they were like, oh, my, my fucking regret was I didn't register for classes. Yo, I have fucking life regrets, man, all right? I had sex with a good friend, all right? Like a woman, clearly, like I'm not like, you know, it's not like, Fred, what are you doing? Uh, but like, <laughs> and that's how I know it's like, oh, maybe I'm not actually friends with a lot of my female friends. I would have sex with a lot of my female friends. I just had sex with a female friend, and now I don't know if she's still my female friend anymore. You guys ever do that? That's my regret. But here's the craziest thing about it. 
Here's the craziest thing about it was like I was still funny while we were having sex. Like I wasn't one of those fucking, I guess, manic depressive artists that, you know, have like these moments of depth and reality and genuine feelings. Not me. I was still being funny. I was still pretending like I was on some hilarious podcast or stand up performance. So we were having sex. And of course, I wasn't wearing a condom. Right. Like, that's just the way I roll. I fucking act the way I vote. I'm not going to let any porn star do something I myself would not be willing to do in the real world. So I'm about to climax, and she says the most romantic thing anyone can say in the throes of passion. And she says, I have an IUD. You can come inside of me. And without missing a beat, I said, I was going to anyway. (laughs) Hilarious, right? And that was like off the dome. I didn't run that through a writer's room. I didn't have a pure editing process. That was from my brain, out my mouth, into her mind. She laughs, I laugh, we both fucking climax. How perfect is that? That's amazing. That is like Lady and the Tramp slurping on the same noodle, their disgusting little dog noses touch in a fake kiss. Han Solo about to be frozen in carbonite. Princess Leia says, I love you. He says, I know. I'm making love to my former best friend on my Spider-Man bed sheets through the hole in my boxer briefs. She says, you can come in me. I say I was going to anyway. We're laughing and then we fall out of love. Don't tell me there's no such thing as, as fucking beauty in the world. All right, guys, that was my regret. But you know what? Coming here and saying it on stage in front of you guys, making you guys laugh and smile. It's not a regret. That was a huge accomplishment. And just like tonight was an accomplishment. I hope you guys had a good 2017. You know what? 2018 is going to be a great year. No regrets for anyone, all right? Thank you all very much. Big thanks to Jonathan Moore for running the ones and twos in back and for Mike Spiegelman running the door. Thank you guys all for being here. Thanks to all the comedians. I, I, I'm, I can look at my list, but thank you guys. Um, everybody go home. Yay. Bye. Thank you. Yay. Got some weekend left though, baby. Yes. Reaching that higher ground. So just to recap, as this weekend music is, we, we've got a huge show for you. We've got a huge program. Uh huge weekend. My weekend filled, as I said, recapping. We just hit record on the recording module. Module. Uh, We got a huge program and a huge weekend. It is official. 
It is official that Alex Q has left the building. Alex Q has left the program. Uh, there's no sight. Um, it's 2 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's time for some Call Me Tim. I have very special guest today, Jeannie Cartier. Hello. Yay. Yay. To talk about all the things she believes in and what's going <laughs> on with life and the world and art and all that kind of stuff. Uh, usually on Some Call Me Tim, I tell people, well, why do you call it Some Call Me Tim? Uh, and it's about Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which you guessed, yeah. which is great. Amazing. And it's the search for random knowledge that doesn't really exist. They're searching for the Holy Grail, just like here on this show. We like to talk to people about what they believe in because we know that to be a moral and ethical person in today's society, you don't necessarily have to ascribe to religion, but some do, and that's okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Usually we turn around and ask you to look deep into the eyes of sparkle Jesus and I ask you do you believe in Jesus I mean he was a guy like he existed but like I don't know he said some things that were like okay I, okay I guess but I wouldn't like yeah stake my whole life on believing in him like I don't really understand like you know what's maybe you can answer this question for me Pam because I've never understood this in Christianity, there's this thing that they always say, which is, Jesus died for your sins. Yeah. What does that mean? So, John How does a person die for somebody else's sins? I don't get it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. And the whole concept is that God imbued Mary, uh, the virgin, who was not married yet, to mm -hmm. Joseph, but an angel came to her and said, you're going to have God's baby and kind of touched her, okay. put it in her womb. And then she had this baby who was God's baby and supposedly grew up and was blameless, never committed a sin, never did anything wrong, was a perfect human being because he was the son of God. Mm. And then he was sacrificed in his perfection at 33 years to save us for all of our sins because supposedly but like how though how did he do how did he save us because obviously people still sin because of sa the concept of sacrifice so if we look at any uh, religion well most of them there's always a concept of sacrifice right so even okay. if we go back to like mythological stuff yeah and yeah. they burn a goat and then the right the so it's like the equivalent of sacrificing a goat to Odin so that your crops will Right. Grow. Okay. Except that so that you can live eternally in heaven, Jesus died for your sins because supposedly God knew every mistake or everything you were ever going to do wrong. He already knew. It just seems like a lot of like explaining around things to me. Like, I don't know. Right. I'm an atheist, like full disclosure. Like I don't believe in any of it. Right. But like I have spent time with it. Like when I was a kid, my best friend who I knew since I was two years old like his family was super Catholic so I like right. went to church a lot with him and kind of just sat in on it so I've like been exposed to a fair amount of it and like that was the thing that always struck me is it just seems a lot like a lot of like explaining around things like it's like okay we know we can't really dispute that these things exist so we're just gonna like construct these like complicated explanations around them to kind of justify like why we think all of these I don't know it's Why just like seems like a weird people yeah yeah 
Well, yeah. And then there's the fact that like so many, like we're supposed to be like a Christian nation, but we don't right. take care of poor people. Right. Or old people. Yeah. Or old people. Old and old, old, poor people. It's like, it's like once you fuck up at capitalism, all you get is this lousy t-shirt, but you don't even yeah. get a lousy t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like I failed at capitalism and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Now just even walking here today. I saw so many people who were older than me who looked like they failed at capitalism and now what do they do? What do you do? Like, I've failed and I even have all the degrees and stuff and I still can't figure it out. Like, how does it work? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a tough one. (laughs) Because, like, I just did, so, like, as you know, I'm an artist. I do, like, I do performance. I do shows. And even when this last show that we did, which was a huge success, like we sold out three out of four shows. It was like amazing, went super well, but like we still didn't make, like we made some money, but like we still didn't make like that much money. Like considering how many hours we spent just like laboring over it, planning, having meetings, rehearsals, rehearsals, like it probably averaged out to like a dollar an hour like right, I was gonna say like 311 like yeah yeah it's like yeah. below minimum wage for exactly. like how much and I'm just like how do people make money at things like this like right. I don't understand and then it's like I used to work this corporate job and all these people I mean I was probably like the lowest level employee so I was like not making that much but like a lot of people around me were probably making six figures and for doing like bullshit like right right. passing around pieces of paper yeah like it was like an investment firm so it's like not even like the stock market is like totally a thing that you have to believe in too like talking about things you have to believe in yeah but it's just like white rich people gambling basically and it's similarly when i was at christmas i met some family and they were talking about bitcoin and how they've like bitcoin is the new thing that they believe in and i'm like okay so i don't even believe in paper money it's like little pieces of paper that float through my hands that i don't understand yeah and bank accounts with numbers and you it's all digital money and now there's a money that isn't even money it's a different kind of money but it's like a stock market and yeah it's it's a whole new level of like fake economy like make-believe economy like already the economy is kind of make-believe right but like yeah bitcoin is just this whole new level of it and i'm like how i'm not putting my money anywhere near bitcoin like to be honest like it just seems like complete bullshit to me like somebody's just gonna end up with a bunch of money and everybody else is gonna get screwed is what it sounds like to me is gonna happen it's i don't i don't because yeah and because it's yeah people have to believe it yeah how do you like when i see a piece of art like thomas bridgman's art he's taking it off the walls and they're real pieces of art and mm-hmm. they exist and you see them and you say that is a pictorial representation of work yeah. or if you even art that's ephemeral like your shows and yeah. you create you're talking about big concepts you create a show you you know inform the audience they're entertained they consume that entertainment and it's gone but it's still a half life of a memory it's still something yeah, that existed it's a, it's a nice hopefully a nice memory that they keep with them i mean yeah, like a lot of people have, they'll come up to me years after a show and be like, oh, I remember that you did that. and Right, the and circus great. stuff or all yeah, the... Yeah, and especially when you do socially conscious theater where it's really trying to make a point and like telling people something, it is right. valuable. But, and yet I get paid like a couple hundred dollars for like so many hours of work. Right. I I used to do theater. I used to own a theater company in San Diego and I was like, oh, I never lost money on a show and I could actually pay all my people. But Mm -hmm. it was 
like fifth, the first show I did it was 50 bucks so yeah. people did four weeks of rehearsal four nights a week and then they ran you know five shows a week for three weeks and they made 50 bucks and yeah. I was all like look at this I paid yeah. everybody and that is a victory when you can even pay somebody for that much for right. that yeah. yeah no it's but it's insane like why are artists expected to do their work for free yeah yeah there's no other profession like that and yeah but it's just it just goes to show like where our values are in the society you know it's like we we would rather pay people who like move a bunch of numbers around all day in the stock market six figures right. <laughs> and it's like all make-believe <laughs> and and yet that's somehow worthwhile labor which i don't agree with and so yeah. i'm like a straight yeah. marxist where i feel like all work should be equitably yeah valued yeah because yeah there's dudes that are digging ditches and moving dirt and and running electrical lines and building things and they're making you know yeah and that has an impact on your body too yeah. i mean to be fair like sitting at a desk does have an impact too like i'm i'm an ergonomist and i i look at people who've been sitting at desks for like 20 years and slumping over and it's like it is pretty horrible actually what it does to your body too but but it's not like laboring in the street shoveling sure cement yeah farmer or yeah yeah like that there's an expiration date of like how long you can do that for sure and that should be compensated and then those people's medical bills should be paid those people should have proper access to medical care i don't understand why we can't all have access to medical care why yeah. we've decided that doctors have smarty pants knowledge that can only be accessed through great amounts of money yeah yeah no i have had a whole struggle with that for sure because i mean i'm an acrobat i get tons of injuries right all the time it's just kind of part of what it you know it's just sure. part of the job bend your body in half yeah yeah chairs and i've been doing things. it for 